Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Chamber, joined as always with Nick Smith here as well with the Rogers Lowell Chamber. And things are a little bit different, Nick. Uh, what, what What's going on? This is not the normal uh, recording space that we That's use. That's right. No, we have a fantastic presenting sponsor who is allowing us to use their space, and that is... Uh, podcastvideos.com. So, so wait, what, wait, we got a sponsor? That's right. Oh, we, got a we finally did it. We, we got a sponsor. We are officially <laughs> sponsored. Uh, podcastvideos.com uh, heard about the fact that we were going to have to move from our space and came and talked to us and thought it would be a great way to help us out while we're in the midst of our renovation at our old office by allowing us to use their space. And I got to say, we're being spoiled oh, right absolutely. now because yes. even though we're going to have a space to record in in the new office, I don't think it's going to be quite this nice. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. No, this is this is absolutely fantastic. We are so grateful to podcastvideos.com for uh, not only sponsoring the podcast, but also allowing us to use their facility. And it's going to allow us to be able to be more consistent in the recording. We kind of had a little bit of a hiatus there where we were getting in a groove. And then uh, with the building renovation and the big move and all That's that, right. we uh, you know kind of kind of had to put that on hiatus so but we're back and we're dare i say better than ever we're back we have a great slate of shows coming up for you for the q4 we're shooting to have a, a pretty ambitious schedule of recording uh almost one a week uh for the rest of the year so that's that's kind of our goal uh and make those up of for you lost that, time uh, right? that's right yeah. and those that uh, are interested in getting a setup kind of like this make sure you go to podcastvideos.com you can actually schedule time to come in and uh, talk to these guys, and that's that's what they're here for is to and, help you. And they'll your be really cool and, and put your logo on the screen. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Literally, they we didn't even know they were doing that. They just hooked us up with it this morning, made it happen real quick. Uh, yeah, fantastic. They've been wonderful to work with. Uh, so we're looking forward to moving forward with them uh, for the rest of the Q4 and and onwards. So. Oh, absolutely, very very exciting. So this is, this is always fantastic. Well, let's talk about what we're what we're going to talk about here today. That's right. Today uh, we have kind of a fun Shakespearean take on our title: to remote or not to remote. Uh, some of you probably are asking yourselves, why are we still talking about remote work? Here we are, you know, two, two and a half, three years after the pandemic. However, uh, if you pay attention to the news, if you pay attention to any of the major uh, groups out there or even job postings right now, you mm -hmm. recognize that uh, remote work, I think, is here to stay in some form or fashion. And so we actually brought in uh, Corinda Allen, who is the director of HR with the Beaver Water District and also works with several groups and several individuals uh, just to kind of consult on HR. She's here to answer Stephen questions when it comes to uh, remoting and stuff like that because us being the you know nerds of our office uh, don't always get it to break into the HR angles of things so we no, know normally if HR and my name are brought up it's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you definitely want to thank Corenda for being here we've got some great questions for you we know we've got a lot of insight coming from you as well so we'll make sure to get to that here in a second. Uh, but first, we want to do our usual NWA in the news conversations from the last few weeks. A couple of things that uh, you may have seen in the national news. We had the special session of our uh, Arkansas legislature ended with adjustments to a few laws, including one to our, our FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, among other issues. Uh, Sarah Lynn Geiger, our, S our VP of Government Affairs, did a mm -hmm. great job, a great breakdown, and a couple of newsletters with that. So I encourage you to reach out to her if you have any questions about she, it. She was bird-dogging that thing all the way through. That's so, right. Yeah, she had lots, uh, lots of information. She was reaching 
reaching out to legislators to kind of get all the perspectives of that. So especially if you're in Benton or Washington counties and you have questions about what was going on there, reach out to her. She's happy to help. Uh, that's Sarah at RogersLowell.com. We also have Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue was last week uh, bringing thousands of visitors to NWA as well as thousands of dollars going to charity from that group. So You say thousands like it's a low number. It was actually <laughs> hundreds of thousands. The estimate is right around 300,000 bikers came there through. There you go. There you go. At which, of course, anyone who was on the highways was like only 300,000. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but Anybody yeah. living near downtown with all the Harleys going up and that's down. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Eureka Springs, I'm pretty sure, sees like a 200% increase in their population Easily. every year when that happens. So that was a big thing. We also had uh, last week the Northwest Arkansas Championship LPGA event uh, kicked off and uh, was doing its thing in Pinnacle Hills. So you saw the golfers, you saw the pro-am happening. All of the news crews were buzzing just with all of the folks that were coming in and around that. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, the great last, events, uh, Bite was a part of that. I mean, that, just, oh, fantastic, yeah. just a fantastic week of, uh, of events going on. And the, the economic development that came about from all of that. When oh, you look yeah. at Bite, when you look at uh, all of the different companies that participate that, we've got Topgolf. We had the Amp was doing concerts. Mm -hmm. uh, Embassy was hosting all sorts of people. Pinnacle Hills uh, Promenade, as well as Pinnacle Hills uh, uh, Golf Course and Country Club, of course, were a part of that. Um, and then, of course, when you see those national companies coming into broadcast and everything, it's just always fun to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's TV getting trucks that kind all of, over Rogers. It's a great getting that kind of exposure for our area is just phenomenal. So and uh, last but not least, our NWA Community Showcase brought close to a thousand people to downtown Rogers to celebrate the region's diverse cultures. We had. Uh, I think last I talked to Giovanni, we had uh, over seven different multicultural groups that were there to represent their cultures. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, of course, Spanish-speaking uh, company uh, representatives were there, but we also had uh, at least three or four different languages and language experts there to kind of talk about different companies from their backgrounds, and then just tons of activities from food trucks and Battle of the Chefs to uh, uh, Kids and Pets Parade. It was Face it was painting. Phenomenal. I mean, that, yeah, it, it was a great pet adoptions. We had uh, yeah. several pets, and little baby beagles were getting uh, getting adopted so it was, it was always good to see. almost went home with another dog but you know di didn't happen yeah that's right. deep breath you know you went yeah, home i died yep <laughs> that, would, that would have been it. an emotional decision <laughs> exactly well steve i'm going to toss it back to you to do our topic introduction well yeah so we're talking about remote work to remote or not to remote and i do think it's ironic that zoom recently put out a uh, an announcement that they were ending remote work for their company <laughs> which is Really weird because, you know, they're the reason why remote work got so popular. Exactly. But, um, exactly. but yeah, before COVID, you really didn't hear about working from home. It was kind of a, a, a perk for maybe some C-suite executives or, or very high-performing individuals. Um, and then, obviously, when everybody – or self-employed, I guess freelancers had, had that option for a lot of, a lot of people. But then COVID happened and uh, kind of forced people, you know, just because – the disease was going around, it didn't mean that work stopped. And so mm -hmm. people and companies had to adjust and shift and be able to move forward uh, to keep keep production going. Um, so the Bureau of Labor, the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, reports that around 60% of organizations that expanded their telework options are planning to keep them indefinitely. So, you know, over half the companies that uh, included remote work policies, which uh, the chamber was one of, I mean, every everyone mm -hmm. around here did, 
So, um, you know, sixty percent. They're going to keep it around in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of do the hybrid model now at the chamber, where if we need to work from home, we can, but we also, you know, prefer to be in the office if at all possible. Um, so, but you're seeing millennials and Gen Z specifically as that's a question that's asked: Is this position remote? Can I do this? Can I wor- live where I want? And that's a, an affordability question that really comes into it. Can you afford to live in a position where you can go into the office every day, or is it okay to live, you know, in a different community and be able to do in your remote work so mm-hmm. you know that's a factor especially with home prices and interest rates being what they are um you know that's a that's a major issue for, for, for a lot sure. of the young, younger generations so um you know we, we really want to see where that's going and you know very very excited to have corinda here with us just to kind of talk about uh, the, the benefits and pros and cons and everything in between all right well hey thank you nick thank you steve for having me on i'm super excited to be here First time ever on a podcast, right? First time ever. I'm a little intimidated, but these guys are, they are dead on. I mean, this is amazing equipment, amazing space. Steve yeah. and I are intimidated too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. This is new for us. We're used to no HVAC. So just the air conditioning alone was a pretty nice step up from where we were at. Yes. No worries. <laughs> So, yeah, so, um, you know, Steve, you were just saying, um, you know, 60% of um, companies have said, hey, we're going to keep that remote work. I think COVID really forced us as organizations to look at maybe specific titles, mm-hmm. not necessarily, okay, can you work from home or can you not? But it really forced us to say, hey, what positions do we have that really they could be done outside of the office? Right. Um, you know, and that could look different. Um, you know, you had mentioned the younger generations are looking for that mobility mm-hmm. um, in that workforce. Well, during COVID, we had the, you know, remote work moved to Northwest Arkansas, get $10,000 in a free bike. I mean, oh, we, were, right. we were promoting remote, yes. remote yeah. work as that. That's correct. Yeah. And, and that's, and I think, honestly, I think that's kind of, the attitude that we've taken today, um, maybe not so much remote work, but mobile work. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good phrase. You know, yeah. I mean, mobile, because I mean, even in my position, I'm in the office, um, but I'm out in the community as well, or I'm doing, you know, other um, other things with workforce, and having that mobile workspace is what really benefits benefits the workforce, because regardless if you're here in a studio, if you're in the office, if you're, you know, in another state, mm-hmm. you're still able to have that communication and that open lines with your organization or, you know, your coworkers alike. Um, I, I do being in the schools. I am in the schools a lot. Um, and one question I just always ask, regardless if I'm there, is what what do you see yourself doing? Do you see yourself inside of an office space, a cubicle? Do you see yourself in, a, you know, and in, maybe in something that is outside and like the field yeah and the overwhelming response from all of them is i do not want to be inside on a computer or a phone or meetings all day long mm-hmm. i mean they <laughs> all say that well, yeah I mean, you have those coffee mugs you know once survived a, a meeting that could have been an email type thing <laughs> <laughs> right right so i mean i think it's very interesting though because um you know i have i have children as well and you know they went through COVID as well and i kind of got used to opening that bedroom door and they're laying in their bed and haven't really moved and Mm -hmm. yet they're just on their computer working. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even with that, you, you still hear kids, they have that need and that want to have that one-on-one, that personal interaction. Oh yeah. But they're very specific of how they want to obtain that personal (laughs) interaction um, with others. So, I mean, I think this is a great topic. I think it is around to stay for a while. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I do think we are going to see that shift, if anything, to more mobile mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, work sites just because, I mean, 
you know, the typical family, it doesn't look like it did 30 years ago. Right. No. That's right. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm a single mom. Um, I, you know, I think about when we did move up here versus when my kids were younger. I, I honestly don't think I would be able to give them the quality of life that I would want to give them Yeah. if yeah. I was that single parent having to be in that office. I mean, mm-hmm. there would be no extracurricular. There would... I, there oh, would yeah. be limits yeah. on everything. I mean, you guys know we're growing like crazy. Um, and that's the same I mean, same situation in some of more of the rural areas in Arkansas as well, just trying to get to and from our responsibilities that we have at work to our responsibilities at home. I yeah. like the way you phrase it. So instead of just remote work, mobile work, I think yeah. is, is a very apt way of putting that. I think when you, especially, we'll, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty uh, in terms of uh, the way employers view uh, remote work. But I think when you think of remote work, that's kind of that uh, juxtaposition of either in the office or they're at home. And to a lot of employers, when they're at home, that means they're going to be wearing their sweats and slippers. And for whatever reason, you, some people are going to be very successful doing that. Others are going to think that's a bad thing. So right. well, um, there is a mentality to that, though. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. going through COVID, you know, it was always something when, when we were working from home during that time where I still needed to put on a collared shirt just to get in the right mentality for Mm -hmm. work, you know, and that was just something that was there. Um, When we did our daily meetings, sometimes it was the same collared shirt every single day. (laughs) I just put it on for the meeting and then take it off and put it, you know, hang it up for the next day. He had, he, he did. He had a a really hanger behind him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's a valid point, Steve, because, and that's the thing is, I think we all saw a little bit of this. for me, it would be it's real easy for me to be in a mobile work site. Some people it's just not. I hated it. Like but, I mean uh, it's yeah. Right. I mean it's just not. And it's like as you speak of, it's that mentality, like mm-hmm. getting that frame of mm-hmm. mind. And it's, sometimes it's just not possible for individuals to do in that home environment. Of course that's gonna that depends on a lot of a lot of things. But you are absolutely correct in that, you know, lounging around in your pajamas all day, like that you do yeah. you do have to kind of have that schedule i mean we're human beings we mm-hmm. thrive for that schedule i mean believe it or not we hate it too but well, <laughs> well, I just, I, I, i'm just i'm a segmented person where it's you know here's my work life here's my home life and kind of want to keep that as separate as, as you can and and my problem with working from home is i'm always going to see something like oh i need to i need to vacuum that or oh the laundry needs to get rotated <laughs> so, and so i would just constantly be distracted by things to do right. and so when i'm at when i'm at work i can think about when i get home i've got to do the dishes and do this but it's not just sitting there staring me in the face like taunting right. me all day but there's like what like you said working from home there was not that clear that clear boundary yeah. for you right yeah. So something we wanted to point out was we did uh, pull a list of, of pros and cons. A lot of these were coming again from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics as well as uses U.S. News and World Reports. Uh, but here I wanted to go over a couple of these and, and we can kind of elaborate on this. In terms of pros, benefits of, of working from home, you have more flexibility to take care of appointments and errands, fewer interruptions from meetings and chit-chat. Uh, there's no commute time or expenses for commuting. There's more time spent with your family. You can often do your work when you're most productive. So you kind of set that schedule and, mm-hmm. and do things when you know you're going to be able mm-hmm. to focus and get them done. Uh, you get more done. You can save money on your work wardrobe. We're using shirts yes. in the background there. Well, transportation cost. I mean, in big cities, you exactly. got to pay for parking, exactly. gasoline, you know, all that. And then the ability, the ability to live where you want. So, you know, that's a big one for a lot of folks. Now, some of the cons that have been pointed out to folks as well. 
no physical separation between work and leisure time, like Steve was just mentioning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to misread cues via electronic communication. So this was something I, I uh, did see very, very much so during the pandemic, not just necessarily in our office, but especially from like millennial and Gen Z folks that I know and friends that I have just there is a huge disconnect sometimes between what you mean in an email and yes. what gets interpreted. That's mm -hmm. obviously much worse if you're strictly remote working. I can't remember the exact percentage, but there is uh, it's just such a small percentage of conversation and communication is the physical words coming out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. It's body language, it's mm -hmm. tone. I mean, uh, so many other things go into that. that For it's sure. Just, yeah, it's, it's easy to mis mis uh, miscommunicate just in writing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have to make the effort to get a change of scenery. So especially if you're like fully remote um, and maybe not even in the same town, mm -hmm. you're probably just going to be in your apartment all the time or your house all the time doing work or then doing errands or then doing family time. And so it, you have to make sure you schedule that change of scenery. Uh, less in-person contact with coworkers, which is kind of a given. You are not on site for in-office perks if there are any. So if there's a gym, if there's a breakfast bar, any, well, you're obviously not getting that. Right. Um, you have to be more self-motivated. So definitely if you are a rather slothful person, there's nothing wrong with that. However, comma, you are probably going to have some issues with remote work. Uh, and then some bosses may be biased against those who are not in the office. Um, specifically when it comes to like promotions and things like that, it's harder to make your case if you're never there to get that face time right. to make the case. Right. So I'm, I would like to, I would kind of argue yeah. that you could probably add to the con is working remotely. You may end up doing more work than mm. you would if you were in the office. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, this this really was a result of so many people working from home was, you know, some people were taking on two full-time jobs or yeah. no one was answering emails or telephone calls. There was no communication. Mm -hmm. So a lot of organizations was like, okay, you know, if we're going to do this, then they, you know, invested in some software, you know, that can tell the tracking you. tracking stuff. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. that yeah. tells you, you know, what you're doing, when you're doing it, what sites you're visiting. I mean, so that definitely could be a con as well, because it's almost even though you're having that mobile workspace, mm -hmm. it's almost like you're micromanaging yourself in yeah. your own work. For sure. Well, and I had friends that, you know, and I, I know you did as well, that they felt like they were being micromanaged with that tracking software. Like, do you trust me to do my job or not? So it was Correct. creating some division and strife between management mm -hmm. and employees. So, And, you know, I think it, it also... Uh, put more of an onus on certain positions like middle management because yeah. a lot of middle management was people management. Yeah. And if you're not there in front of them to manage them and report on stuff that's being done, your job suddenly becomes kind of muddied and clouded. And are you really, I think a lot of positions had to completely rework the way that they did things mm -hmm. in terms of management style, leadership, mm -hmm. things like that, because there wasn't that face to face time to, to make things happen. And so, yeah, I, I really, uh, that kind of leads into one of the questions I had, which was um, when it comes to doing these jobs remotely, I mean, not every job can be. Correct. And how do you approach having that discussion point with your current workers who might be looking for a remote option? And then what do we say to employers who maybe want to try and adopt a hybrid or a remote work mm -hmm. thing, but are already thinking about the fact that, well, I've already got these guys who are going to ask for it and I, I just can't, they can't do it remotely. Mm -hmm. Right. How, how do you approach that yeah, topic? Can't, can't really fix a power line remotely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'll use the analogy. Um, you know, my boys, um, you know, if you're going to make a call, even if it's the wrong call, you got to stand by it. Yeah. Um, I think the same approach with the organizations is first just internally 
with those execs. Like you need to decide, okay, are we going to tackle this or are we not? And if you if you're committed, you've got to be committed all the way in. Um, mm-hmm. Really identifying you know those positions and knowing the positions that are not. Um, you know, I work at the at the water district. Um, previous to that, I worked in hospice. So obviously, those are two different industries. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they require services that have to be done 24/7, 365. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being transparent and honest i would say in those interviews or let's say you are adopting a new policy communicating that with the employees because i mean let's get honest i mean our water operators our nurses they know they know this can't be done remotely Um, and it just may be having that hard conversation like if that's really something you're seeking after it might be time to do a career change. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, I think what I mean by being all in, um, I think it's important as well for organizations to have that policy yeah. to yeah. back them up because I have seen some disaster situ- situations <laughs> where <laughs> there was no progressive discipline, disciplinary system. So no. it just kind of hung out in that cloud. Um, there were no step one, step two, step oh, no. three. Yeah. Um, so again, I think it, it kind of goes back to the organizations. You've got it. If you're going to be committed, you have to be committed. You have to stick to that. Of course, it can be tweaked, but just yeah. having those honest realizations about your positions, your organization, and what you're going to do to back that up. Mm-hmm. And then you probably would behoove you maybe to reach out to other managers you know that have done it, see what what has worked. I mean, and then probably also recognizing that there's going to be hiccups. I mean, with any system, when you try to institute Absolutely. it, there's yeah. going to don't immediately throw the baby out with the bathwater when you're trying to, you know, just fix any issue that might have come up when, again, don't let one, I guess, bad apple ruin the bunch type deal. You know, if, if you've got it working pretty well, don't necessarily just kill the whole program because of, of a hiccup or two. You're, you're is, always going to have people one. that are going to try to take advantage of a system. Yeah. Or take it, I mean, that's right. just that's reality and that that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, don't don't eliminate all progress just because one hiccup type thing. But, um, you know, you're part of NOARC, which is the Northwest Arkansas uh, Division of Society of Human Resource Management mm-hmm. um, or SHRM. Um, so what are you seeing from your peers uh, in, in NOARC? And some of the I mean, could you have peers that are with, you know, Fortune One all the way down to small businesses? Um, um, what what are what kind of trends are you seeing amongst the 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 NOARC community? Correct. So yeah, um, I mean it's there's a wide array um, of trends that are going on. I think it kind of goes down to what industry people are in, mm-hmm. what positions, what job titles um, they have. Um, you know, I, I mean I'll just say nationwide. I mean it's not required that every salesperson has that office down the hall or. Right. Um, you know, I'd say even HR. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen a lot of HR's jobs go completely remote after the really? COVID. Yes. Wow. And you think that's where you need that face-to-face, no miscommunication opportunity yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, but, but I think that's the thing, Steve. It's really knowing what your culture is, mm-hmm. knowing like what you guys, what you guys want to kind of um, invest in that culture, how you want that to grow. Because knowing that is really going to allow you to place the correct people in those positions and what you're looking for. Right. Um, but again, I mean, I've seen, you know, my friends over at Newark, even just statewide with the Sherm State Council. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's almost like we just have an inventory of those positions that we know can be done remotely. And it's just a matter if they want to or not. Mm-hmm. What kind of position that organization wants to take? Do they really want to be people oriented? Mm. Or not. Right. I think that's hugely important, what you said about culture. Because 
prior to the pandemic, especially, there was especially a big national push, I think, for companies to kind of recognize, you know, their uh, what their mission was going to be and what their company culture and values were and things yeah. like that. But you also saw, I think, a movement that started probably back in the, the uh, 2010s on through millennials, especially getting into the workforce yeah. of, uh, well, you guys have these these culture points or these values and you're not you're not like following through on those or right. like you say you have them and then you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for you as you're looking at this kind of stuff, like you said, to focus on when you hire these people or if you're looking at someone who wants to try and go remote you, again, really need to fall back on those values and say, we need to make sure that we're still living this regardless of where you're doing the work from to kind of instill that passion. Because I think passion is really important. If you don't have passion, that's when you start getting the lackadaisical people at home and and the remoting wouldn't work if you're not passionate for the job. Yeah. Right. And let me tell you, that generation that's coming up in the workforce, they will call you out on it if you're not living it. I mean, which I think is amazing. I mean, that's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? We all want to work with a purpose. But, I mean, this younger generation, I mean, they truly do want a purpose. They want a, a vision, a mission. They want to see action on that. I mean, there is that internal human being side of them that I just think that we lost there for a while that mm-hmm. I do see seems to be kind of creeping back up. And that's exciting. Yeah. Well, well and we've pointed to Niasha, you know, when she was on the mm-hmm. podcast, um, you know, she's one of the young, she's one of the youngest employees at the chamber. and. She really applied to the chamber because she saw our mission, vision, and values and said, this is something that I can align myself with. And that's how she ended up applying. And she's crushing it. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. And, you know, when it comes to some of these uh, unique scenarios, especially when we're talking about, like, companies that have existed for a while and you're looking at maybe trying to adopt one of these policies, um, when you look at uh, going to hire new folks – and you see the jobs that are out there. And I know if you look at job boards right now, you know, 60% uh, definitely seems high in terms of folks that are, are keeping the hybrid uh, positions or the remote positions out mm-hmm. there. But, I mean, LinkedIn, I think, especially was talking about how from two years ago, it's up like 200% oh, yeah. um, of job postings that are remote. They may still be hiring predominantly close by, but those positions are out there. And it definitely gives that perception of one, of being able to have that as an option. If you're going to hire for those positions and you know that you're having to compete with folks that are fully remote and, you know, you're trying to get those really qualified next-gen individuals especially, how do you approach that job if you know that job can't be done remotely? Like, say, we're trying to hire someone for a position that's specifically overseas, like maybe one of the water utility groups and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that needs to be on call all the time, but maybe their job in other aspects is, you know, going remote and stuff like that. How do you... How do you approach those conversations? How do you, as a, a an HR person, kind of post that job to instill passion and kind of point out, like, hey, this job's really important. That's why we have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Where where do you kind of instill that? Is it just... Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, I think my personal opinion is just being transparent from the very beginning with candidates um, that you are interviewing. Mm-hmm. I mean... Again, it's probably not a surprise. They know like what career path they're choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being really transparent. Um, I've also seen a lot of success with organizations for those positions who are not able to be mobile is offer them unlimited PTO. Uh-huh. Think about that. I mean, yeah. coming into the office, you know, as a parent, I mean, just mm-hmm. other commitment stuff we have to do. Again, there's, you know, it's a double-sided, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, that can be abused. Right. But 
that offers major flexibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. That opens up a whole new set of like candidates for recruiting. Oh, yeah. I mean, that enables your organization to really kind of have more candidates so you can sift through and see what individual would be best fit for your culture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I remember uh, probably nine, ten years ago now, um, but when Collective Bias was still here uh, mm-hmm. before they kept they kept growing and getting bought out and getting bought out. Um, but they were one of the first companies around here to offer unlimited PTO. And they, I would talk to their CEO. He said they would have 300 applications for two open positions, like because that was just a perk that people were looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. Give that flexibility. Like as long as you get the job done, if you want to come in at three o'clock and work three to yeah. 10, then do that if you're a night person. So. Right. And, and that's, and, and you mentioned this too, Nick, as well as you, Steve, it's, you know, I'm probably my best at, you know, 5.36 a.m. in the morning. Yep. And, you Not know, me. I can... <laughs> I'm a morning person. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, but Steve isn't. And that's yep. okay, right? <clears throat> I mean, that's the thing is you've got to know your people. And so you can pull out that added value that they bring to your organization. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. it is thinking outside of the box. This is definitely. This is not the culture where I'm the first one there and the last one to leave and my hard work's going to get noticed. That's not the mindset anymore. Absolutely not. And, and and I think for the younger generation specifically, they're seeing that because they saw like so many parents where they were married mm-hmm. to the job and it caused, you know, families to separate. Yeah. And There's a like domino that. effect in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they're like, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm my personal time is, is my personal time and being able to separate work from life and right. having that balance. And it's, it's, it's a struggle. It really is because the jobs have to get done. But you know, I, I definitely understand the mentality behind that of uh, of why, because I know my dad was definitely somebody who uh, he said he's going to go into retirement. So he cut back to 40 hours a week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and I think when you look at uh, remote work and mobile work and things like that as a benefit, I think, you know, again, as part of like the domino effect with this kind of stuff, you need to look at the full benefits package. I think that's probably a, mm-hmm. a, another part of the conversation that we have here is I think a lot of times. You know, businesses, as you said at the top, were forced into kind of recognizing remote and mobile work as a possibility during the pandemic. Well, if you're adopting it now as as a part of that package, what does everything else look like? And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good question to ask yourself if you're a manager or a, a business owner is if we're going to try and do this, what other ways can I adopt or adapt our our programs and our benefits to make sure that the folks that I already have continue to stay happy and stay on the team and and whatnot. And then also still advertise and bring in new talent that is going to see us as a, a uh, forward thinking company and want to, you know, grow with us. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably the other part of the conversation that you look at the national uh, companies, a lot of these bigger chains are having issues getting people back in the office. Right. uh, Every uh, industry from stock brokerages to, you know, even um, like think tank groups in D.C. and all that are having huge issues with filling their office spaces up. But then even the office space people who are renting the spaces out are having issues with getting people back in there. Yes. I think you need to have a massive evolution of how we set all of these things up. And that hasn't really started happening yet, because I think, again, 
to my point at the top, we're still talking about remote work in general. Yeah. And I, I think there's some people who just who want it to go away. I think we've all kind of the three of us here have kind of pointed out it's not going anywhere. No. Right. And so now we need to try and adapt the conversation. So well, you so mentioned domino we, effect a minute ago, mm-hmm. and that that's the the thing from like you were talking about filling those filling those positions, filling those those the empty office spaces. You know what mm-hmm. you know have a room for hundred employees. Well, now you only got twenty. So what do you do with all that extra space? The lease price stays the same, you know, there's, but you're going to have to rethink city design, you know, urban cores. We don't necessarily don't really see this so much in Northwest Arkansas, but like Chicago, New York, San Francisco, these big companies, big uh, cities where, you know, 80% of the workforce isn't there anymore. That impacts the restaurants, the shops, Mm -hmm. like all of that, that's Mm -hmm. their customer base. And so you're not having lunches anymore. So restaurants are closed for lunch that used to be there. And so that impacts the 20% that are there. And it's just all these different things. And you know, I can nerd out on economic development and city design all day, so I'm just going to leave it there. But there, are, you have to look at it from that perspective as well, why there might be a push um, because cities are losing money because right. of that. They're not getting sales tax revenue. Property values are going down. Um, and then there's also conversations about utilizing some of those and rethinking your zoning within those cities to allow those large corporate offices to be converted into multifamily housing, which could help alleviate some of the housing crisis that we're seeing. For sure. And I guess just how do you how do you set up the conversations i guess to where you start adapting those programs i mean is it taking what we're talking about right now with the remote work and and building that into like an hr process where you evaluate everything that's being offered i mean if you're a smaller company that probably makes sense if you're Mm -hmm. a company that currently employs 125 people you're probably slightly bigger task ahead of you in terms of trying to make that stuff happen where do you think is a good starting point for that what's what's a good way to start that conversation to make sure that folks do feel like they're being forward thinking and and kind of uh, preparing for that next generation of of workers that are going to be coming and expecting a a different landscape. At least a hybrid, if not fully remote. Yeah. So I think it's important um, to provide that education. Uh, You know, I mean, I would say, you know, if I was wanting to bring this like to my CEO, my COO, I mean, they've got a lot. They're doing a lot of other things, right? right? That's my job to make that business case, to provide the most up-to-date information and mm-hmm. in what's trending. I mean, especially here in NWA. I mean, we all spoke. I mean, we are growing like crazy. Thirty-seven I, people a day. I mean, right? I mean, we have to, we have to be competitive, even more so here in NWA than I, I would argue anywhere in the state of Arkansas. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, we've got all We're awesome. Here. We know it. You don't I have mean, to hide right. it. Okay, right. We just <laughs> rock, okay? <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's it's really providing that education and being realistic and kind of just taking that, that leap of faith. Because, I mean, wait, think about that. That's pretty scary to say, yeah. hey, I'm deciding, like, all of you guys go home. You can be re- you can work remotely. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty scary, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think just... Being realistic and taking the time, looking through all of your policies, looking through all your job description. I mean, it's a great time to those need to, you know, constantly be edited and looked oh, yeah. always. So, I mean, this would be a great time. Knock two birds out, you know. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and do that. Identify those positions. Provide that education. Like, what is the pro of your organization doing that? What's the con? Mm-hmm. And you have to be equally prepared for both because they will absolutely both happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. For sure. Well, and, and when it comes to uh, having those conversations, like if you're the HR person, uh, you know, this shows my lack of, of uh, knowledge when it comes to HR. Like, how do you um, you said just educate you 
educate like the CEO, educate like the the powers that be on that kind of stuff? Like, is it the statistics? Is it the how do you go about uh, spreading that education around? Or in some cases, would it be like going to the hiring managers themselves and being like, hey, what's our current package look like? What are you seeing when you're trying to fill these positions? Because I know a lot of what we've had to do in terms of adapting those policies just in our organization has been uh, posting a job, seeing the the responses we get to a job posting, and then being like, yeah, okay, this ain't more, th- no. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't working. That math ain't mathing, yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, and that's very common, Nick, right? That's when, that's when we get our real answers, right? right? Um, I mean, I think my approach, I mean, again, you know your organization best, um, but those middle managers, those people with the direct reports, having those conversations first because you've got to know where they stand on that because ultimately they're probably going to be the ones managing that day-to-day mm-hmm. with those employees. Um, knowing where they stand, um, you know, if they're just – if it's just maybe changing your perception, then that's HR's job. I mean, give them data, give them, you know, case studies, show them that research, Mm -hmm. try it out. I mean, that's the worst thing that happened is it just doesn't work. I mean, and we can go back to the table, but really I think again, it's committing and just taking that leap of faith, but you've got to know what that expectation is for, because it could be different for each department. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, really building that case, taking it to the CEO, showing here's the stats, here's what I've looked into, you know, this is my recommendation in moving forward. Is there anything that you would suggest, like programs, books, services, companies? You read my mind. I was just about yeah, to ask this. Anything <laughs> that you would suggest folks look what, what to? What resources are out there for somebody maybe thinking of or needing to take a hard look and yeah. you know, be able to get that data and research that you were talking about? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to give you guys the Sherm um, website, hey. Society <laughs> for Human Resource Management. But, I mean, guys, this is where you're going to find the most up-to-date on Issues that are, you know, coming about, Mm -hmm. um, legislator, I mean, just all kinds of information, probably too much, but that's a great website to go to. Um, It also can provide case studies, resources, and toolkits as well for your organization. And the thing I like, just talk to someone. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean... We all went through COVID together. No one really knew what we were doing. And let's get real. We're still trying to figure this out, right? You know, yep, just sounds just, about right. <laughs> just have that conversation. You know, of course, you know, you're not just going to grab someone off the street and have that conversation, but go You've to got those, a peer group. Right, could, yeah. Go to your peer groups, people that you respect, that, you know, respected in the community, that have proven a great success story, you mm-hmm. know, or a model that has proven to work. Pick their brain. They're going to be happy to tell you. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I like something you said and, and kind of touched on earlier was, you know, talking to the employees about it, too. Because mm-hmm. if you look specifically younger generations, millennials on down, um, feeling valued within mm-hmm. a company, like I, I can speak and be heard, my opinion matters, mm-hmm. that consistently is a top reason why people choose careers. It used to just be salary, location. Right. You know, that has flip-flopped. And mm-hmm. now it's mission, vision, values. It's career opportunity advancement. Mm-hmm. Am I going to feel like a culture of belonging? Will I be accepted for who I am? Will I be heard? You know, those mm-hmm. type of things are now at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with 11,000 open jobs in Northwest Arkansas, these kids have options. Right. Like that's, that's the thing. They're, right. they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them when, that you, is, when they're coming in. That is so true. I mean, just doing interviews myself, I've noticed that the, the tables have been flipped mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. They're interviewing me. They're asking me questions. I'm like, oh man, I was not prepared <laughs> for that one. <laughs> 
you know, but that but that's great. They have a voice. They want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I agree. I mean, I think if if you set that expectation, if you have that conversation up front, then there's not going to be any unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to know where you're entering at and like what you are going to be able to do. Well, and with, you know, the internet and all the social media networks and everything out there, I mean, if you, if you're doing the bait and switch, if you're doing, you know, saying Mm -hmm. something, you know, post the job posting, but it's not really the job, like you're going to find out that somebody's going to call you out for it, that you, you're going to see yourself on the internet. Oh, and job boards are all over the place. Review boards are all over the place. You know, you can find that stuff all, all over. I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and, Especially the the running joke we have in our office is the College of Google is never closed, and <laughs> the, the younger generation in our office just yeah, it's you don't know how to do something, you Google it. If you want to know the answer to something, you Google it, and and you're right. I, it, back to uh, like our recent hires. I mean, every single one of them said the first thing they did after they got that and they did the job application. As soon as they got the the call to do a, a phone interview or anything like that, the first thing they said they did was they did a deep dive on our organization online. So. Yep. They're going to find out. What I are mean, people saying about you? Is this yeah, a company I want to work for? Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's really important. And transparency is huge. And yeah. we hear that a lot, I think. But I, it really is, I think, important for us to just hammer home on that. When you're any decision like this, uh, once it's been made, especially to be transparent about it and to to take the leap of faith, as you said, and, and make sure that it's it's something you're all in on and that you you really do back to, to get to the bottom of and, and be successful with. Love it. Um, anything else you want to add on the subject of kind of figuring this remote stuff out? As she looks yeah, at her notes. She, I know, you brought notes. I mean, you're, you, you are professional. We're good. We're good, Nick. We're good, Steve. <laughs> well, again, I want to make sure that folks uh, know if they have any questions, they can reach out to us. But also, the uh, uh, Corinda Allen is here. She's director of HR with Beaver Water District. She works with NOARC and is uh, uh, working with SHRM. She gave you guys that, that excellent resource there. We want to make sure that you all know that uh, those resources are there. I'm going to make sure that they're also linked in uh, the description for the podcast so that folks can kind of download it there and go from there. Um, But, yeah, uh, with that being said, we'll get to our closing. But I want to thank Corinda Allen again for being here. Appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for having me. This this, has been so much fun. Thank you. uh, New setup for us, even. Yes. You know, it's something that Steve and I are. The premiere. That's right. The the (laughs) premiere in the new environment and all that. Uh, Our our past guests are going to be very jealous of you because you had the air conditioning. and (laughs) We can record at, you know, 1230. You know, we're not sweltering. That's right. Yes. The the (laughs) superintendent was one of our last guests, and he was wearing a three-piece suit when it was about 85 degrees in our room when we were trying to, oh, no. to record. So I think he lost like eight pounds during yeah. the recording. It was great. Yeah. Um, but no, thank you again. Uh, thank you again for being here. I want to encourage everyone to like, subscribe, and share via SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, and all of the social media channels. We'll be having those out there. Uh, I get to tease our next episode, which we're hoping to release on October 11th, about early childhood education. It's going to be a good one. We're trying to make sure that we get a lot of information out there about that one as well. I'm sure anyone listening is like, great, they're going from remote work to early childhood education. This is like we're giving a, a 101 class on how to impress uh, the workforce and make sure that you get people back in well, the office and ready to go. The state of Arkansas loses $865 million a year in productivity from employees just because of child care issues. Like, so that's why we're talking that's, about it. There, there we go. There, we, I was trying to talk us up. We're getting <laughs> no, all that's positive. why we're talking about it, man. It's a serious thing. 
This is why you're the economic development guy, yes. and I draw for a I living. I get to pull those stats out. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you again to Corinda Allen for being here. And again, thank you to podcastvideos.com. Really encourage you all to check it out. If you're watching us on YouTube especially, you're seeing the outcome of what they can provide going from me with the just generic graphic on YouTube <laughs> to like an actual setup with a set and our logo and all of this well, fancy well, stuff Well, now here. people are going to be disappointed because I looked at the headshot that you used on that graphic, and that was like six years ago, so I look way older than I, than I did in that you headshot. Look, <laughs> you look very distinguished, okay? <laughs> Everyone's going to know that you look towards the most interesting man in the world oh, as your we, fashion yes, icon that you're go. trying to emulate and... I think, I for one think you should lean in. I really well, do, Steve. But th this is a bittersweet moment for me, though, because we're coming to the end of a podcast, and I don't get to yell at you for not having a sponsor because podcastvideos.com has graciously stepped into sponsor and allowed us to use their facility. You know, it's okay. I have nightmares about it to this day. Like, so I'm you're fine. Like, I'm, I'm so happy, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't get to yell at Nick. I got to find something else. I'm going to I'm gonna splice together every instance of you asking me that, and I'll give it to you for Christmas, okay? We'll have that down. We'll be good to go. But yes, again, Again, thank you all for being here, for listening. Thanks again for Corinda for being here. Uh, this was fun. Can't wait to do it again next week. Absolutely. Always right. a blast. Thank you guys very much. Tune in next week. All right. We'll see you next time on the <laughs> Chamber Voice of Business podcast. See you.